Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and We Coach. These are two great organizations that you should really be a part of. So check out We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Now, let's have a quick word from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. We've got a Sideline Interactive score table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies. We use it for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and the customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to get started. Uh, Again, create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing. Hometown Ticketing has recently acquired Ticket Spicket, and together they're going to provide a stronger and more comprehensive digital ticketing and event management solution for your schools. But for right now, Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees and collect the revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Hometown will also show you how to sell tickets online for school dances, school plays and concerts, even graduation. You'll find it all at hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Uh, Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their indoor uh, touchscreen modules uh, that allow you to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank our friends at SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. Um, SnapRaise uh, is their fundraising platform. Uh, They've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. We used it, and our coaches, our parents just loved it. They even have uh, an option where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Does anybody else have that? Uh, Snap Spend uh, is their money management platform. Snap Store uh, allows you to purchase uh, custom spirit gear. Uh, Snap Manage will help you design an entire website for your program. And Snap Connect is their family engagement platform. You can find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com to check out the entire Snap Mobile platform. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use our code ADPOD10 and get 10% off. That's gipper.com. 
create custom branded content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see um, why over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes and teams play better. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to huddle.com and you're going to find a professional-grade solution for the challenges you and your coaches face. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see why 6 million users uh, believe in Huddle and find out how to turn your school into a Huddle school. That's huddle.com. We also want to thank Final Forms, the industry leader in forms and registration, but they are so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with reminders about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can help your coaches with their team communication, attendance, and for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes to take the next steps and see what Final Forms can do for you. Go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys also connects you with the 95% of the student-athletes and their parents who really love your program and helps you demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com or shoot them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student-athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. This is our second episode of 2023. We're glad that you're with us. And we have uh, what I refer to as an A-list guest. Uh, our guest today is Molly Grisham. Uh, I'm going to guess you've heard that name, but if you hadn't, uh, Molly's a longtime college coach, college instructor, and she is the founder and the lead facilitator of Influence. Um, she's going to tell us a little bit about that later in the show. You can also find out more uh, at mollygrisham.com. Uh, she works with teams. She works with athletes. She works with organizations. And I'm going to let her talk now. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Molly Grisham. Ah, thank you so much for having me. It's it's always a pleasure to just have a conversation about the things that I love. And hopefully some of the things we talk about today will be helpful and useful for your audience. Well, I, I certainly uh, believe that they will. I want to give a shout out to uh, Candace Fabry. Uh, Candace was a guest on the podcast a few weeks ago. Uh, recommended uh, that I reach out to you. Actually, I think she connected us. So uh, again, uh, kudos to her for help getting you on the show. So let's go and get started. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So 
give us that origin story, uh, you know, where you grew up, where you went to school, uh, sports, obviously. Maybe take us up to the college years, and then we'll take a quick break and come back and hear more about, you know, your coaching career and how it led to what you're doing presently. So what's that Molly Grisham story? Yeah, absolutely. I, I grew up in the Midwest, mostly in Illinois. My family moved around a little bit. And sports were always just a part of my life. I, I grew up in the, the late 70s and early 80s where we just were outside all the time. A uh, little bit different. And uh, soccer was always my primary sport. That's a sport that I loved. Um, but I played high school basketball as well. And that has come in really handy now as I work with a lot of women's basketball teams to know a little bit about what's going on on the floor. But soccer was my love. Uh, I just absolutely had a passion for that. But I certainly remember as a kid just being outside with the neighborhood kids and we would make up all kinds of games and sports and combine all the different rules. And if there are only two of us trying to play wiffle ball, we learned about ghost runners really quick and how to make that happen. So for me, sports was always a really healthy place. It, it was an opportunity to be moving and connecting and, and being a part of something bigger than myself to recognize that for me, at least most of my sport experiences were team sport experiences. And I found so much value in just being a part of something that I couldn't do on my own. If I was playing basketball, one versus five, that's not very fun, but five versus five is a little bit different feeling. And so I always embraced those opportunities to to be moving, to be learning, to be growing, and to, to do something that was a team experience. Um, I was fortunate to, to play at the college level and continued long after college in all kinds of women's leagues. Uh, I would say in my early 20s, those were highly competitive women's leagues. As I've gotten older, um, in my mind, it's still a highly competitive league. But um, if I'm being honest, it's not so competitive anymore. But anytime I can be moving and just feeling healthy and stronger, um, I often say to people, I, I don't work out now uh, at this season in, in my life because of how I will look. I work out now so my 75-year-old self will thank me. And so just continuing to be active and continuing to enjoy those sport experiences so I can have a healthy life uh, is important for me. Uh, absolutely. I, I love the way that you phrase that, you know, you're, you're, you're working out so that your, um, I, I think you said 75 year old self will like you. I, I'm 65. Uh, and I, I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. you know, um, the, I, I've got plans, you know, I, I'm just, I figure I'm starting my third chapter. So, yeah. uh, you know, of 30 years or so. So I, I got a lot of plans. I, I got things to do. I want to be around to do it. Um, talk a little bit about that, uh, transition from, you know, college athlete to college coach, you know, so mm. now you're, you're coaching that next generation. How did that all come about? Yeah, it, it was, um, I would say luck of the draw maybe is how that played out. I didn't intend to go into coaching. I, I had a uh, job in the communication field waiting for me with a large nonprofit organization and one day, one of our contract employees, he was an editor, came into the office and um, he was from the East Coast. This job was on the East Coast. And he said, Molly, um, I, I, I heard you were a soccer player. And I said, I was. And he, he's almost looking panicked. His face is like a little white. And he said, can you can you help me? And I said, well, what do you need? What do you need help with? And he said, I just got signed up to be the parent coach for my my son's soccer team. He's like, 
I'm a hockey guy. I don't know anything about soccer. Could you just like come out and help? And I said, yeah, of course. So now I'm out with some six and seven year olds teaching them soccer skills. And I thought, this is awesome. I want to do more of this. Well, that led to club coaching and then to high school coaching and just continued to work my way up the ranks there. And then it was like, well, what's next? Uh, the college game is what's next for me. And so made that leap to move into the college game after kind of climbing the club and, and the high school ladder for a while. But it was not the plan. I did not, I did not leave college saying I'm going to be a coach. I had never had a female coach. Um, in fact, I'd never had a full-time coach. So seeing that as a career path just wasn't on my radar, but I'm so grateful that I fell into it and that I could recognize um, this could be a career for me. And, and I give a lot of credit to some of the people, the administrators at my high school, the directors of coaching in the clubs I was in that could recognize, hey, you're you're good at this. You have an aptitude for this. The kids are responding really well to you. Go do all this coaching education, study this, continue to move up the ladder. Um, so I'm grateful for those folks that were able to see something in me that maybe I didn't see in myself that allowed me to, to eventually transition into the college game. Yeah. Having been on, uh, you know, that other side of the desk as an administrator, you know, so many times, you know, of course you don't do this, but so many times it seems like you're just looking for a warm body to get out there and, and coach, you know, do you have the time? Are you willing to do it? Uh, and so when you do find that individual with the skills, with the uh, personality, with that uh, ability to teach kids, whether it's six-year-olds or or college kids, uh, those skills, you, you're going to, as an AD, you're going to grab onto that person. You know, what do we need to do to keep you here? Uh, <laughs> very cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Molly Grisham. She's a longtime college soccer coach, uh, and now she's working, uh, continuing to work with athletes, with teams and organizations. We're going to dive into that in a minute, but let's take our first break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back. We want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only create income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. We've got a sideline interactive score table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. Of course, we use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their tables and boards in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances, your school plays and concerts, even graduation. You'll find it all at hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Molly, um, in the things that we do uh, as professionals, you know, leadership, uh, certainly mentorship, 
is an important part of that. And we always like to hear about the mentors that the guests uh, have had in their life. Uh, none of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the mentors that have helped you along the way? Well, I certainly can look back at my journey and notice um, administrators, kind of people, if we were to look at hierarchy, may have been placed at a higher stage than me. But I actually find that most of that influence for me came from my peers. And so as I now um, can look back at my coaching experience, so much of my learning and growth happened from my fellow coaches. It's being out on the recruiting trail and sitting down with some coaches and talking about what challenges are you guys facing? What software are you now using? What processes are you using? Um, I love that about the coaching community that we're so willing to share resources and to share knowledge. And you would think with all of us being such highly competitive people that we might guard that a little bit more closely, but that hasn't been my experience in the coaching world. I found it to be a place that's really generous in sharing resources. And for me now, kind of being in, in a different role, I have had that exact same experience with people in the experiential facilitation field, which is really what my expertise is in, that those are folks that are willing to give feedback, um, to share new tools, new processes. Those are the folks you can be really honest with and say, I think I dropped the ball. I, I don't think I did very well. I think I should have done this differently. And to have people come alongside of you who can say, yeah, I would do that differently. And, and here's some advice and here's some stuff that's working for me. Um, there's this sense in that community and the coaching community that I think there's room for a lot of good people in that space. It's not a scarcity mindset that says there's only room for one good coach or one good facilitator, but rather we all see how it's all interconnected and, and we all want to be better. So if I were going to give a shout out, it's to my peers, which might be interesting to your listeners who might see them as competitors. And I don't, I, I see us all working together to better each other, to better ourselves and to better the people that we're serving. You know, that, that's an interesting take. Um, you know, many of the guests uh, that have been on the podcast, you know, uh, most of the guests obviously have been at our high school athletic directors, middle school ADs, and they came out typically from a, from a coaching background. And it is very common. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent, but it's very common for them, including myself to say, when I was a coach, I would share a little bit with you but I wasn't going to share everything because I yeah. didn't want you to come back and beat me. But as an athletic director, and and I know that this is true as an athletic director, we'll share everything. Okay. Yeah. You know, we're more than willing. Oh, have you tried this? You know, this is what we do on and on. Um, so it's a, it's a different take. Uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but uh, that's interesting that, you know, you felt that um, complete openness and transparency in your coaching community. I don't, I don't know if I could, um, if we were coaching against each other, I don't know if I, I could give you everything. Yeah. And I think part of that has been, I've been really intentional about creating spaces for coaches to share that stuff. So I, I run a couple of masterminds for college coaches. I often offer what I call um, free ask me anything Zoom sessions where coaches can just log on and ask questions. And I think once you get in the habit of creating spaces where it feels safe and acceptable to ask questions and to share resources, 
my experience has been most coaches, it's like their shoulders drop and they just exhale. Like, finally, here's a space we can talk about this stuff. So I look at my masterminds that I run with college coaches. We have national champions in those groups. We have Olympians in that in those groups. We have former World Cup champions in that group. And they are all equally sharing with each other. Yeah, here's where I'm stuck. Here's what I can't figure out how to navigate. Here's what I'm frustrated with. And then the group pours into them and shares those resources. So I think part of it is we have to we have to come to this work with an openness um, and kind of lead the way ourselves in saying, here, here are the questions I have. Here's where I'm stuck. Here's where I'm struggling. And my experience has been coaches just exhale and relax. Like, finally, finally, we don't have to pretend like we have it all together and we know all the answers because who would, who would know? And when I look at my clientele, I would say the the best, the most high performing coaches I work with are the ones with that mindset. The ones that will sit down behind closed doors and say, help, <laughs> help, help me understand this. Help me figure this out. The ones that struggle are the ones that have that front of believing that they have to pretend like they have it all together. And so I think we have to be intentional about creating those spaces for people. Um, I think people are hungry for that, particularly right now, just kind of culturally where we're at. Yeah. Um, again, maybe it's a good thing I've retired from coaching and, and being an AD. Now, I and I saw those um, uh, bullet points on your website, and I want to take a little deeper dive into those uh, in our next segment. But for now, let's go and transition out of mentoring. Um, on your website, you talk a little bit about the events that kind of led you um, away from coaching and into your current career. So can you share a little bit about that with our listeners? And then when we come back from the break, we're going to take that deeper dive into uh, the things that you actually do. Yeah, it's always interesting. People ask me all the time, how did you leave coaching? How did you leave a career, a, a path that you were enjoying, a path that you had been on for some time? How did you just walk away with, from that? And for me, there were two things that were happening simultaneously. One was a deep awareness that I had this other skill set, that I had uh, this interest in experiential facilitation. I, I really loved the teaching component. I, I loved developing my student athletes as human beings. And yet it was nowhere to be found in my job description. Like not even the other duties as assigned <laughs> referenced growing them as human beings. And so I, I felt this real positive pull to this possibility that was out there. At the same time, I was so frustrated with the system that I was in and recognizing that in many ways we were missing so many opportunities. Um, what a great time in someone's life, that 18 to 22 year old range to help them grow and develop. And I felt like the system of college athletics was very much broken. And sometimes you have to leave a system and come back in another door to be able to help change that system and help make that better. And part of what I knew or could sense at the time was coaches needed someone on their side. They needed somebody in their pocket. And gone are the days when you can go to your athletic director who was a former coach, at least at the college level, almost all of your administrators came from the business field. And so coaches were craving that relationship with someone who could say, you're doing okay. It's all, it was one loss. You're, you're 18 and one right now. It's going to be okay. Who could talk them off the ledge. 
who could coach them a little bit, who could be in their corner. And that in the same way, um, someone who could have very honest conversations with them when things aren't going well and when they do make some changes. And so I was really at this crossroads of, I think there's this really great thing out there and I'm really frustrated with the system that I'm in. Could I leave the system, start something new and then come back and help the system again? So six years ago, I made the leap, started a business from scratch, and it has been highly successful and highly rewarding uh, for the last six years. Wow. Uh, and I can tell, you know, just by you know visiting with you and again on your website, which we're going to get into in just a second, that uh, you're one of those lucky people that you're getting to do what you really love to do. Uh, you know, as I like to say, living the dream. Our guest today uh, is Molly Grisham, longtime college coach and instructor. Uh, and now, um, you know, she has her own company where she works with athletes, with coaches and teams. And we're going to take that deep dive into it that I've been talking about. But first, let's take another quick break here from our sponsors. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles and their library of templates. It's designed to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. To find out more information, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or shoot them an email at Info at vitalsignswalloffame.com to get started. Vital Signs Wall of Fame, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. We also want to say thanks to our friends at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com and check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. Snap Raise is their fundraising platform. We use it at our schools and our coaches and our parents just loved it. It's so easy and it works. They've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have an option where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Does anybody else have that? Snap Spend is their money management platform. Snap Store allows you to order custom spirit gear for everybody in your program. Snap Manage will help you build an entire website for your athletic department. And Snap Connect is their secure, multilingual family engagement platform. You can find it all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. <clears throat> hey, welcome back, everyone. Our guest today is Molly Grisham. Uh, like I said, longtime uh, college soccer coach, college instructor, and now... She uh, owns and operates a, a program called Influence, but uh, you can find out more, and we'll do this again later in the podcast, uh, by going to her website, mollygrisham.com, simply mollygrisham.com. Molly, tell the listeners a, a, a little bit about it and uh, you know the things you do, the services you provide, and, and maybe kind of the why our listeners should be interested. Yeah, uh, I love the work that I do. And essentially what I get to do is come alongside teams. And I define a team as any group of people who are trying to accomplish a common goal. So it might be a soccer team 
It might also be a group of teachers, or it might be a marketing department. And so my audience is, is pretty wide, but I tend to find myself working with folks that I would put in the category of they want to be high performing. There, there is something about them that they say, we don't want to just be mediocre or average or just survive our work. We want to do things at a really high level. So one of the things I I have on my website that I often say to people is that teams don't grow apart, they die apart. And that often gets people's attention. Like, wait, what did you just, what, what was that again? And one of the things I hear from leaders, and again, this could be the, the coach of the team, this could be the president of the organization, this could be the chair of the committee, but it's leaders who will say like, oh, we're just, we're just growing apart right now. We're just in a season where we're growing apart. And I think that's so dangerous because in framing it that way, we're trying to just say, well, this is normal. And it's not. You're, you you got to reframe that to say, no, your team is actually dying. And that feels very different from we're growing apart. Because when you think about growth, it's healthy. We're, we're growing. We're evolving. We're planting roots. We're producing fruit. We're growing. If we're growing apart, we're not doing any of those things. We're actually just dying. So let's name that. Let's name that as a group. Um, I love it when I talk to a leader and they say, things are not good, help, come, come on. All right, well, let's let's name it. Let's put that on the table that things are not good right now and let's go try to make them better. So I often find myself in spaces with teams. Again, we define teams as any group of people who are working towards a common goal. And so most people will call what I do team building. For me, there's a really clear difference between team bonding, team building, and team development. And so let's maybe define those three things for your listeners. Uh, team bonding to me is very low risk and very low reward. It, it doesn't require an outside facilitator. It usually means we're going out after work and we're going bowling together. And the idea behind team bonding is if you and I have a shared experience, um, we went bowling together. <laughs> we had a few drinks together. We ate some wings together. Maybe I will be less likely to try to intentionally cause you harm because we have this shared experience together. Um, so it's very, it's very low as we think about bonding, building, and development. Bonding would be the lowest on the list. There's a time and a place for it. But the thing is we have to keep in mind is team bonding does not lead, lead to transformation. It's a moment, not a movement. And so we have to be really, really clear uh, of what we're doing. Because when we think about team bonding, um, you and I may say like, yeah, we're going bowling and, and we're going to have drinks and we're going to have wings. Well, if I don't enjoy bowling and I don't drink and I'm a vegetarian, that's not a very, that's not a fun night for me, right? <laughs> so there's a little bit of, of risk. We're just kind of throwing it out there. So team bonding is not what I do. That That's not my field. Team building is a little bit different. With team building, I am walking into a room to help people uh, rediscover their strengths and restore their relationships. Those are the two parts of team building. Let's rediscover what do we do well here? What is that thing that if we do this tonight, nobody's going to beat us? If, and again, that could be in a sports context or if, hey, we're the marketing department, nobody's going to beat us. But if we really know what we do well and we have healthy relationships, we're going to be successful. And so for me, team building is medium risk, medium reward. 
Um, it's a little, it is a little bit longer in terms of sustaining it than team bonding is. That's pretty short lived. And, and team building may or may not require an outside facilitator. Some leaders can do that. Some coaches could do that, or they may bring in someone like me. And team building is usually something we do for like half a day. <laughs> it's like we've set aside, we're going to close the office for half a day and do, do team building. Team development, that's where the magic is. That's where the fun stuff happens. And that's where a leader says, we want you to come in. Uh, for a full day every quarter, or we want you here once a month. We are committed to doing this work. And what's magical about team development is while we may start with rediscovering our strengths and restoring our relationships, we have the time to dig in to the things that are slowing us down. I often describe these as speed bumps. Um, what's the stuff as an organization that either you have to keep slowing down and dealing with or you plow right through it and do a lot of damage. Um, anybody who's accidentally driven over a speed bump, you, you're like, is my bumper still attached? I really, really hope we're okay. Are my passengers all right? Does anyone have a concussion? So we can do some damage when we just try, try to plow through our speed bumps. So for me, when I think about the speed bumps that show up on any team and organization, one, we're gonna look at how's leadership impacting this group? How's the personal growth of individuals impacting this group? How is our culture impacting this group? And how's our conflict resolution skills impacting this group? And because we're in a team development stage where we're doing this work on a regular basis, we can not only dial in on what are we magical at, what are our strengths, but also what is slowing us down. So I get to come in with all of these teams and use what is called experiential facilitation, which means we are having experiences together. We're doing uh, puzzles or challenges. Uh, a lot of this stuff is lighthearted. A lot of it is fun. Some of it is, is hard, uh, but it's creating a meaningful shared experience that we now get to unpack. We get to say, gosh, no one showed leadership in that activity. Okay, let's talk about that in the real world. Do you have leaders in the real world? Or is that an issue in this organization? Or ooh, our tempers, we, we really had some conflict in that activity. Ah, let's talk about how we deal with conflict in this organization on a day-to-day -day basis. Is that slowing us down? So it's important for your listeners to know, are you looking for team bonding? Are you looking for team building? Or are you looking for team development? Because those are three very different things. I get to come in and do the team bonding or to do the team building and do the team development. But if you're looking for transformation, absolutely, it's in the team development stage. Well, you probably saw me scribbling down, uh, you know, notes. Um, it makes me want to get back into coaching. Um, question, and, and we're going to give out the contact information again, uh, you know, the, the, the main website, mollygrisham.com. Um you know, you, you've been doing this now, very successful, you know, you're known, you know, nationally. Um, where do you see, or I'll phrase it this way, um, two extremes. You've got a team that is, you know, they're being successful, you know, they're, they're winning on the scoreboard, you know, they are, um, you know, the relationships are strong, you know, the, the coach is seen as a, a leader, a nurturing leader. Uh, but they can't break through to that next level. They haven't won that championship. Um, other situation, 
you've got a, a talented team, you know, naturally gifted athletes, but they are, along with the coach, dysfunctional. Okay, uh, they're performing well below where they should be. Um, can Molly help both of those? Uh, which situation are you better tuned to? Is or is that an unfair question? So I've said, given you two scenarios. Now yeah. it's your turn. <laughs> I I certainly work with both extremes. Um, and it's always interesting to me. I think there's an assumption that if you're a high performing team, you don't work with someone like me. And it's actually the opposite. Like those high performing teams understand that all that other stuff is so, so, so critical to their success. So I have a lot of high performing teams with well-known coaches. And those are the coaches that are saying like, just help us stay here, help us stay here, help us see the little things. Because if you've ever been in a gym with a high-performing coach, they're not going to let the little things slide. They're going to stop practice every time and say, you can't do that here. I get to come in as that consultant and say like, ooh, we're, we're a let's clean that up. We're a little off the mark here. We can do a little bit better in that space. With the, the underperforming, the, the folks that are really struggling, I think what I bring to that conversation is some fresh eyes and some hope. Um, and some tools and processes. Like we, we can move through this. It's not going to happen in two hours. It's not going to, it's the same thing I say to coaches. If you only work on your press break once a season, how good are you at bre at a press break? Not very good. <laughs> so if you, if you want to work with me on conflict resolution and we do it for two hours a year, you're not very good at conflict resolution. So those teams that are really struggling, I can come in and say like, ooh, here's some stuff that, that are blind spots for you. You just become accustomed to this challenge. Here's some hope. I know we can move forward. And, and I think that may be as valuable as anything else I bring, that, that sense that it's possible we can move through this. And then to give them some tools and processes to navigate that and to talk about their experiences. So the work I do in both of those, I would use the same tools and processes just for a very different reason. One is to, to pull that team out that's really struggling. And the other is to keep them as a high performing team. Great stuff. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm looking at a dozen or 10 times a dozen situations back in my coaching career where I could have used you. Okay. For our listeners today, our guest is Molly Grisham. Uh, we're going to take another break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to, uh, take kind of a laser focus. We're going to have her share some experiences she's had with some of, uh, the teams she's worked with. Please stay with us. This is the educational AD podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast and use our podcast code ADPOD10 and get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom branded content for your school's social media channel. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to Huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes perform better. As a football coach, I used huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school. 
And our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Go to huddle.com and you're going to find a professional grade solution for the challenges that you and your coaches face when working with athletes. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users and turn your school into a Huddle school. Go to huddle.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Molly Grisham. Her company is Influence. Her website is mollygrisham.com. Um, Molly, before we talk about some specific uh, examples of how you have worked with teams, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more, find out about all the different services and programs you do provide, and listeners, I think you really should, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Yeah, go to my website, which you've done a great job of sharing, mollygrisham.com. Lots of different ways to connect with me, certainly over social media. If you want to request a phone call, there's a form you can fill out there. Um, if you just want to email me, you can do that from within the website. But once you're on the site, pretty much every way that you would like to connect with me is available. But certainly if you're if you're wanting to do more than just connect on social media, fill out that that form. Um, tell me a little bit more about yourself. Let's see if a phone call is what you need. And, and I'd be glad to connect with your listeners and see how I can be a resource or a part of their support system. Yeah, and, and the website is really well done. So many times you go to a website and it's just, you know, it's like they're teasing you. Uh, you know, give us your cell phone number. And, you know, you do a great job of, you know, talking about the programs that are available and, you know, really user-friendly. So that's mollygrisham.com. All right, uh, let's uh, take that laser focus. Uh, you know, you've worked with, you know, teams, you worked with individuals, you've worked with coaches. Um, give us one or two, let's say, real-life uh, examples. You know, what was the situation that you came into, some of the things that you did, and maybe the the result, and of course, you know, the result's ongoing. We understand that. But uh, what are some yeah. stories you can share with us? Sure, sure. Oh, so many stories. Um, there are two that come to mind right away. So the first I'll start with is a team that I had been with for several years. So I had really good relationships, saw them once a month. Um, the head coach was great about saying, you lead the way, Molly. <laughs> we'll have your back. We're with you. We want to do the hard work. We really want to grow them as people. So you lead the way. And so I arrived on campus. Um, my session was supposed to be the next morning, but I'm running into players as I'm kind of coming into our facilities. And they're all saying to me, mm, perfect timing. So glad you're here. Mm -hmm. Yep. Tomorrow's going to be nuts. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? They're like, mm -mm, it'll come out in the meeting tomorrow. You'll, you'll hear then. I'm like, what is going on? So I go into the coach's offices and I'm like, guys, what's what's going on? And they said, that's that's why we hired you. We don't know, but there's tension. People are frustrated. I'm like, oh gosh, I have no idea what's going to come up in this meeting. And the approach as an experiential facilitator is you always want to have an agenda, but you hold it pretty loosely uh, because it's not about me getting through what I need to get through. It's about responding to what shows up for the team. So if we go another direction, we go another direction because that's what the team needed. So I went back to my hotel room. I looked at what I thought my agenda was. I, I have a handful of tools that I 
always travel with. And I kind of laid them out on my bed and thought, all right, I have no idea what's going to come up for this team. Here's all the tools I have. Here's all the ways I could use them. I, I'm just going to go in and trust that they trust me and we'll see where it takes us. And so I have our team sitting in a circle, which is my standard practice. And in the middle of the room, I put all of these for the lack, the best way I can describe them is their foam body parts. So it's a foot and it's a heart and it's an eyeball and it's an ear and a nose and put them in the middle of the room. And as soon as the players walked in, you could feel the tension. There was something going on that hadn't been named yet. And I had a little bit of a suspicion that they were frustrated with one particular teammate because it was very much like we had the team and then we had this one teammate who was a little bit separated, a little bit isolated. And, and I just had a suspicion that maybe there was something going on with her. But she was a player that rarely spoke up in these sessions. And I, I just didn't know. So I set those foam body parts down and I said, all right, here's the invitation. I'd like you to think about what you need more of right now. And let's use the human body as a metaphor. So maybe you need someone to listen to you more and it's the ears. Or maybe you need a little more heart, like you've just kind of shut down your feelings and you need to tap into your feelings. Um, maybe you need your brain a little bit more because you need to think about something differently. And so I kind of gave them all the options and then we just sat there. I thought, oh my gosh, is anybody going to go? Like, what are we going to do here? And sure enough, after a few moments of silence, this particular player who come to find out they were all very angry with walked up and picked up the foam hand, sat back down and said, I need a hand. And then proceeded to share that in the past week, two people very close to her had been killed. And she had not shared that with anyone on the team. And all of a sudden you just watch everybody melt into their chairs. Like she became human again for her teammates. And so all this tension, all this frustration of why does she separate herself? Why does she isolate herself? Why, why isn't she with the team 24 seven? It all made sense, but they needed a way to talk about that. Like she wasn't just going to walk up in practice and say, Hey guys, let me just tell you what's going on in my life. But being able to grab this foam hand and say, I need a hand and here's what's going on in my life really was a transformational moment for that team, um, for her to be able to give voice to what was going on in her life and for her teammates to be able to hear that. And so much of my work is giving people tools or processes to talk about the things they're not ready to talk about. Um, at 19, 20 years old, she wasn't ready to say, everyone, I know that I've been isolating myself and I can sense the tension and the distance between you and I, and here's why I'm acting the way I'm at. She couldn't do that, but she could say, I need a hand and here's why. And then you just watch everybody just melt. An absolutely transformational moment for that team. Another example I can give you is a team I worked with, again, for many years. So they were familiar with the tools and the processes that I use. But one of the things I always travel with is about 300 photographs. And so oftentimes I will have those spread all around the room or put on tables off to the side. And I'll ask people to select a photo that represents something. So maybe with leaders, we'll say, um, select a photo that you feel like represents healthy leadership or select a photo that you feel like represents your role on this team. 
Because again, people can't always tap into the language part of their brain, but they could hold up an image and say like, oh, it's kind of like this and here's why I picked this. So I was working with this particular team and they we had the photos all around the room and we, we had taken a little bit of a, a turn in our session. And again, that's my job as a facilitator to navigate that. And we had hit a point where one of the upperclassmen, so she'd been working with me for a few years, was trying to articulate something. And she was saying, guys, the, the challenge on our team is, oh, it's like, uh, mm, uh, like she just couldn't, she was so stuck. You could see it was in her head, but she couldn't figure out how to articulate it. And she said, wait, 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 wait. She walked over to all the photographs, found the photo she wanted and came back. And she said, guys, this is our problem. This, it's like this. And that's all she had to say. And everybody was like, yep, that's our, yeah, that right there. That's our issue. And so that became the launching point to like, okay, let's unpack that. <laughs> Why did you pick that image? What's in that image? Why is that like our team? How is that a speed bump for us? How is that slowing us down? What strengths do we need to lean into to navigate that? But it took her being able to hold up that photo and say, it's like this. And everybody just went, yes that. It's just like that. So my work often gives people a way to talk about the things that they want and need to talk about, but they don't quite have the language to be able to articulate that. Well, I mean, what a, a great way to, you know, get that conversation started to, you know, get people to, um, you know, dive deep into themselves, uh, which otherwise, you know, hey, how's everybody feeling today? Or is, is something bothering you? I mean, you know, they, they lock down immediately, but wow, great, great tools. And, and those are just two of, I'm sure, the many different ways that you can come in and uh, and have fun uh, working with teams and coaches and organizations. You know, very cool. Again, um, it, it's making me want to get back into coaching now. Um, for our listeners, uh, our guest is Molly Grisham. Uh, you can find out all about the programs uh, that she provides to schools, to teams, to coaches and athletic directors. Go to mollygrisham.com. We're not done yet. We're going to be coming back. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms for their support. Final Forms is the industry leader in forms and registration, but there's so much more than that. Final forms can help your stakeholders with things like uh, mobile accessibility. They also have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final forms can help your coaches with attendance and communication with their team. And for you as an athletic director, final forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all of the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Molly, you and I got a chance to chat a little bit during the break, and you shared a topic that is really cool. So can you share that with our listeners, please? Yeah, I'm a big believer that transformation is on the other side of truth. And I often say that to teams. I may have to say it a few times to kind of let it sink in. But I think we are in this interesting point culturally where we say we want transformation. We say we want change. We want things to be different. 
But the reality that we may have to navigate through the truth to get to the transformation is where people show a lot of resistance. Like, I, I want change. I want growth. Oh, but gosh, I don't want to have to have an honest conversation. I, I don't want to have to say that. I don't want to have to navigate that. So I often find myself when I'm working with teams and I can sense like, oh gosh, who's going to say the thing that needs to be said? Like, clearly we're all sitting here. We all know what we're talking. We know who we're angry at, or we know what we're frustrated with, or we, who's going to say it. And there's this sense of like, we want to transform, but no one wants to say it. And so I just believe we have to embrace truth as being a path to transformation and we have so much fear around telling the truth, around saying the hard thing, around being honest with people. And I understand why, particularly in the space of athletics, where you feel like everything has to be documented. And is this conversation being recorded? And who am I going to get a phone call from uh, about this thing that I said? But I imagine a world where coaches could be honest about a player's ability or skill set or work ethic. And instead of feeling attacked for that, that a player and their parents and their support system would say, ah, that's the path to getting the change that we want. So I want to be a starter and you've just been honest with me. Uh, you've told me the truth of what I have to do to get there. And, and my experience has been high performing teams and high performing leaders crave crave that truth. It's it's an adrenaline rush for them because they understand that's my path to growth. That's my path to transformation. That's the road I have to walk to get to where I want to be. Where average teams and average leaders are looking for the shortcut. How can I bypass the truth and get the transformation? I don't believe that exists. Um, the, the best teams I work with, the, the kinds that win national championships, crave that truth and understand that that truth is connected to their own transformation. And I know it's tough at the high school level because the parents are so involved in their athletes process. But if we could get parents to see the truth, not as a weapon, but as a path to transformation, it would change the sport experience for everyone involved. Well, you, you bring up such a great point. Everything you said is true. I think coaches and ADs, you know, they're, they're buying in uh, at this very moment, but you're right, you know, for parents and um, you know, I, I was a high school and college athlete during the seventies. Okay. So that was a long time ago. Um, even when I was in my final years as an athletic director, so many of the kids that were in school at that time, their parents had not participated in athletics, uh, forget college, let alone high school, and just had no uh, reference, no frame point to understand where these coaches who were doing a great job, you know, of challenging their kids and trying to help them to get better. You know, again, that's those truths that uh, uh, so hard to sometimes listen to. Wow, that's a whole different uh uh, that's a whole other podcast that we need to do on that. Yes. Yes. Uh, Molly, this has been so cool spending some time with you. Uh, and again, I'd love to do another one down the road, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Uh, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics and coaching and leadership, but we're going to take a quick break 
here from Athletic Surveys. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, let's hear from Athletic Surveys, who sponsored this segment. When we come back, we're going to find out what Molly Grisham is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data. It allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Most schools, the parents and the kids are happy, but athletic directors typically only hear from the 2% that are having a less than desirable experience. Athletic surveys allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes and allows them to help you demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Um, go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Molly Grisham and it's it's just been great. Uh, but right now, we're going to ask Molly to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let her put three things in the toolbox. Molly, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Easy. Well, the hard part is only giving three, right? Exactly. Like my work is all about giving people a bigger toolbox, but we'll focus on three. All three you can find on my website. So easy to find these. So the first is uh, my reading list. I have been told it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> It's pretty lengthy, um, but those are all books that I've read and I've broken them down into different categories. I'm a big believer that your leadership capacity is your personal growth capacity. And so if you're a new athletic director and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my first time as a leader, like how far can I go as a leader? What do I need to do as a leader? I'm going to come back and say, well, how much are you willing to grow? Like if you're invested in your personal growth, then you're invested in your leadership capacity. So I, I just believe you've got to find the authors and the themes and the topics that you're passionate about. But I would be, I would be leery as a coach if I walked into an AD's office and I said, can you recommend a good book to me? And they said, no, I don't, I don't read. That would be a red flag. That would be a red flag to me. So would love for you to, to check out that reading list, lots of different categories, lots of different ways you can grow as a, as a human, which impacts your leadership capacity. Um, the second would be, I would love to have you on my list that I call light bulb moments. And that's my mailing list that goes out every other Wednesday. And what light bulb moments are, it's exactly what it sounds like, but it's the moments that I've been working with a team or a group or an individual that I have felt like, oh, I get it now. I see it differently now. And so what I share in that mailing is, Here's a moment, a real life experience, and here's what I learned from that. And most of those are about a three minute read. They come out every other Wednesday. They're not spammy. It's, it's designed to be educational content. 
I have a lot of ADs who share those with their coaches. They use those as talking points in staff meetings. Uh, but it really is, this is real life. And this is the lesson that came from that. So for an AD who's thinking, how do I build out curriculum and where, how do I help my coaches develop, use those. They're designed for that purpose. And then the third thing I would love to have people look at is on my store, I sell what I call check-ins. And so these this would be a great tool for an athletic director who's having to run a staff meeting with all of these creative coaches who often have a lot of energy, like, oh, how do I connect with them? Check-ins are a tool that allows us to connect with our people. It allows us to get a sense of how are people doing, uh, kind of what's in the room. It gives them some, some tools and some processes and some ways to talk about things. So one of the check-ins, just to give you all like a, a, a concept in your mind, I have one called the animal check-in and it's a digital slide that you would put up on a screen and it's got 24 different images of animals. And so if you're thinking, what, what does this have to do with coaching? One of the ways I use that is I'll often show it um, to student athletes, but you could certainly do this with your coaches. I'll say, I want you to select an image that represents um, how you want to be perceived as a leader. And so I'll give them some time to think that over. And then I'll say the second prompt is select an image that you feel like actually represents how people perceive you as a leader. And so there's this little bit moment of tension of like, yes, this is what I want to be perceived as. I want to be the elephant who's wise and strong and protects people. If I'm being really honest with myself, it's probably that puppy with the party hat is probably how people actually perceive me. And then we get to talk about, okay, so what's your growth path look like? And how do you move towards that? So there's all kinds of check-ins uh, on my website. And, and I have found those to be a really, really helpful tool that people can use to have conversations. Again, so much of my work is, can I give them a way to talk about something? And if you said to a group of coaches, what is your leadership style? Oh gosh, uh, what's the right answer here? But I could point to an image and say, yeah, that's healthy leadership. And that may or may not be me. And here's what my growth path looks like to get there. So would love for people to utilize any of those resources. Oh, wow. Great stuff. And again, I've been to your website. Uh, absolutely right. Uh, full of resources. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, that website is mollygrisham.com. Uh, and again, uh, Molly said she's very active on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find her on LinkedIn. Uh, if you're not connected, I encourage you to do so. Molly Grisham, thanks so much for being on the podcast today and all the best uh, for the uh, rest of 2023. Thank you. And I would just love to say to your listeners, keep up the good work. I, I know that for administrators, particularly, you don't always get acknowledged, uh, but the work that you're doing matters and it sets coaches and student athletes up for success. So I wish your listeners all the best in the new year. Oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, for our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of each interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, We Coach from the Global Community of Women in High School Sports and all of our sponsors, Athletic Surveys, Gipper, Hometown Ticketing, Huddle, Snap Mobile, 
Final Forms, uh, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and Sideline Interactive. Uh, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.